this is Patricia. And this is Christina. And this is What They're Worth. A podcast exposing the truths of everyday people who are willing to enter the beautiful mess of foster care and adoption. We're glad you're here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What They're Worth podcast. This is episode 14. And today's episode is, like all of the others, very special to us because we have two visitors. Um, we have Olivia and we have Jordan, and we have a personal connection with them and their nonprofit organization. It's kind of a funny story. One of the members of a team that I'm on for a foster care adoption retreat messaged me one morning and said, this sounds kind of crazy, but there's this woman posting on the Facebook moms group about <laughs> anyone who has a foster daughter in this age range and um, just one foster daughter She's looking for someone to go to Disney with them totally free. And I was like, okay. And she said, I really think you should reach out to her. So I did. I reached out to Olivia and I called her and she's telling me she has this nonprofit organization and um, somebody couldn't go last minute and there was a space for us. And it was, I don't know, I think it was only a couple days away at this point. It was really fast. It was really, really fast. And I was like, okay, Olivia, but I'm a little hesitant. I'm going to need you to send me like some credibility links so I can send to my <laughs> husband because he's not just going to like be like, okay, let's go. And so she did. She sent it to me and I called my husband and I said, I need you to look at these links. And he was really hesitant. He's like, this guy sounds like a scam. I said, I know, but I, I, don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> I called Patricia. I remember I was in my classroom like pacing. It was in the morning before school started. I was pacing. I was like, oh, I felt so stressed. And um, I called Patricia and I said, Patricia, this is what's happening. Like, what should I do? I'm kind of nervous. Like, what if this is a setup? She's like, Christina, really? Like, I think I actually said, take me instead. <laughs> yeah, she, I'll be your foster dog. <laughs> yes. Or you probably said you would go. If you're scared, take me instead of Jamie. Yes. And so, <laughs> instead of your daughter. Yeah. And so after I felt relief from Patricia and Seth, it was real. And we went. And we went to Disney. I took my daughter. Um, at the time, she was, I don't know, was it just a year ago or two? I think two years ago now, right? Um, year and a it half? was December of 2018. So about yes, a year yes. and two months. Yeah, so I remember telling Jamie, oh no, I didn't even tell her. Olivia's husband, okay, this family is awesome. He dresses up as Mickey Mouse and meets us at a Chick-fil-A in the <laughs> evening and surprises Jamie and says, we're going to Disney. And Jamie's just kind of in disbelief. And anyway, we went to Disney, y'all. We went to Disney and it was completely free for us. And we went with a bunch of other um, foster children and their parents and other children who were in need. And it was just so amazing. And this family, I mean, does this all out of their hearts. And um, my daughter has gone to other events that they have held, like a, the princess party where they get all spot up. And it's just they have a genuine love for foster kids. And I thought it'd be super important to bring on somebody who doesn't currently foster children in their home. But they help in in very important ways in the community, um, many different groups of people. So that is my little intro and how I came to know Olivia and her daughter is with us today too, Jordan. And so I want to give you two just a chance to briefly introduce yourselves before we get into your story. Hi, my name is Jordan West and I'm 10 years old. Won't you say that again a little bit louder, honey? Okay. Yes, please. Hi, my name is Jordan West, and I'm 10 years old. One more time. I'm eight years old. <laughs> See, she, say it one more time because she can't hear you. 
Hi, my name is Jordan West, and I am 10 years old. And I am Olivia West, and you don't want to know how old I am, <laughs> but I'm the mom on duty. <laughs> That's my official title, mom on duty. So how many, how many kids do you have? So um, I have three children. Jordan is the youngest. She's 10. They're 10, 12. And 15. Oh, yes. Jeremiah just had a birthday, so he's 15. <laughs> and they are the sweetest kids. I'm sure they have their moments. <laughs> I'm sure they have their moments. But um, they are all throughout Disney. All of them were so sweet. I was so impressed. So sweet and genuine to all of the children. You could tell... Olivia, you and your husband have modeled well for your kids on how to interact with other people and just have a heart for them and treat them so kindly. I mean, your boys would just go up to kids and talk to them and just like an adult would. And so I was really impressed with that for sure. So good job, mama. Good job. Thank you. Thumbs up. (laughs) Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about how it is that you kind of had a heart and started doing these different events for foster children. So um, originally when Champions of Change was started, it was started by my boys. They were six and eight at the time. And they had an encounter with a homeless man in New York City. We were just there. My husband was there on business and we were just going along for the free ride, (laughs) to be honest. And um, they, my aunt had given them money to spend while they were in New York City. And so while we were walking down the streets of New York, they encountered a homeless man and they said, mom, can we give him some money? And I had read all these stories about, it's not the best thing to do always to give homeless people money, you know? Um, So I said, well, why don't you ask him if he's hungry? So they walked over to the um, gentleman and they asked him, was he hungry? And he said, yes. They said, well, we're gonna go right here to the hot dog stand do you want one or two hot dogs and a soda? And they, he said, one hot dog is fine and the orange soda is great. And so they used their money to buy him some food that day. And that one moment turned into an entire movement where we have helped thousands of homeless um, individuals over the years. Um, and then um, Jordan is the one who came alongside us. Jordan is actually the reason why we serve foster children um it it, she you want to tell how that whole party thing got started so once i went to my friend um casey's birthday party and i was and they treated me like a princess so i was like every girl uh, deserves to be a princess do you think they'll donate their uh, do you think they'll donate and she said i don't know but i uh she said i don't know but we can try and I came back, and she had done nothing with my thing. And I was like, if you're not going to help me, I'll find someone who will. And so- <laughs> <laughs> Go, girl. <laughs> and so she, felt, uh, uh, um, so she felt a little disappointed in herself, so she helped me. And then so we went to the place, and they said, we can donate our space, but we cannot donate a full-fledged party. But that was okay with us because we had already helped people and found people who could help us. Yes. And so that was the first princess party. Um, so that year we, um, had our, this, we still lived in um, Rochester at the time, Rochester, New York. And, um, we invited foster girls from all over Rochester. Um, and they arrived in the limo 
they came to this kitty spa oh. where the nice lady donated her space and they got their hair, nails, and makeup done. Jordan makes bags for little girls in foster care um, so that they don't have to put their stuff in trash bags when they are transported from location to location. And um, so that was our first event with foster girls. And then we just kind of expanded to foster girls. And now we do birthday parties for foster girls and boys. We take foster girls and boys to Disney. We do Christmas parties for um, foster children in foster care. Um, so it just kind of, it just kind of expanded from that. So we, um, so those are the two um, populations that we serve is uh, kids in foster care and families that are experiencing homelessness. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Jordan, what kind of, did you have experience with any foster children or you just, how did you become aware and want to help that specific group? Cause you could have just said, Oh, I want to have a big party with all of my friends. Let's do that instead. You know, it would have been really easy for most girls your age to think that way and not think beyond just yourself. So mm -hmm. is there something that you experienced or saw that made you have a heart for those, those girls? Well, I didn't actually know what foster girls were. I, um, knew what homeless people were, but I didn't know what foster care and like foster kids were. And my mom was like, um, like you said you can't like really help foster uh, homeless people with uh, these type of parties because they go and they go places, they move different to different shelters and stuff. And so she was like, but we can help foster girls. And so she actually kind of educated me about foster girls, and that's what I wanted to help. That's awesome. That's awesome. Go, Mom. And so what, yes, seriously. And so what, Jordan, is your favorite part of the events that you hold for the foster girls or foster children? What do you really love the most? I probably love going to Disney because I love, like, <laughs> seeing the kids smile and, like, tell me what their favorite ride was and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was awesome. It was so fun. Olivia, do you, when you hold these events, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. And I thought about this as I was explaining the story of how we met and Jamie going to one of those princess parties. Um, and I know that when Jamie experiences these really cool, awesome, like things that her reaction isn't always the same of maybe normal kids who haven't experienced that trauma before. Um, and so Jamie tends to be really quiet and, um, really, really shy sometimes. It doesn't say much in the moment of those really exciting opportunities. But then after we're gone, she's like, ah, yeah. Do you, what kind of responses do you see from foster children? So um, the, over, the majority um, respond with they're super excited, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they're really happy, excited about meeting Mickey or becoming a princess or celebrating their birthday. Um, but we do have some kids that um, are like Jamie. Um, and what we understand over the years since we've been, we started working with kids in foster care is just really educating ourselves on kids who have experienced trauma. And um, uh, so we, you know, try to put ourselves in their shoes and extend grace and love. Um, we had a birthday party for foster kids uh, in last May. Um, for National Foster Care Awareness, and we were celebrating everyone's birthday, and they all—it's called birthday in the bag. And so we had a paint party, 
And then they all got gifts and they get these bags to take home so they can celebrate on their actual birthday. So it's like cake mix and um, mm-hmm. what else is in there? Um, like streamers. And streamers, stuff. balloons, party hats, and, you know, candles mm-hmm. and frosting and all that good stuff. But um, one of the little girls at the paint party, she colored her her canvas completely black. And the um, young lady who was there with her from the group home, um, she was, you know, concerned, you know, like, oh my gosh, you're just wasting resources. And I told her, I said, it's okay. If that's how she's feeling, if that's her expression of art right now, just let her be. Our goal is to create experiences that they would not have had otherwise, to let them have fun, to let them have a good time, get them outside of their normal environment. And if we're telling her, well, today is about emojis. And so why don't you have a yellow emoji on your uh, canvas? We have now defeated the purpose, right? Because that's not fun. That's not fun when someone's dictating you to you how you should feel, how you should respond. And I feel like one of the things, um, even when we did the princess party with the homeless girls in New York City, that was our first time ever doing a princess party for girls in homeless shelters. And um, as Jordan mentioned to you, when she came to me and said she wanted to have this party for girls in need, she thought along the lines of homelessness, because that's who we had been serving. And I told her, like, those girls are there today and they're gone tomorrow. So it's really hard to plan a party around that um, when we're, you know, exhausting so many resources and planning for limousine pickups and that kind of thing. And so long story short, that's when I said, well, um, how about girls who are in foster care? And she said, and what, what is foster care? And that's when I had the opportunity to share with her um, about kids who are in foster care. But um, we we just want to show um, girls and boys the love of Jesus. And, you know, it's different for different kids. Some kids are going to yeah. respond really well and be really super excited. And then there's going to be some kids who are going to be quiet. They're trying to process it. We had another young man um where the foster family brought to my attention ahead of time that he may go into a depression after going to Disney because he had been trained in the home that he grew up in that kids are not supposed to have fun. And so he was more of like an adult figure, you know? Um, And so what I share with her is that our goal is never to hurt, it's always to help. And so if Disney is not the right opportunity for him, we never want to give kids a setback. You know, we we want to give them a setup. The reason why we do these amazing experiences is because we feel like experiences changes your life. Um, and so they we could put some good memories in their memory box. And so we try to serve at a high level. We try to go all out. We've been accused of having um, parties that are over the top. And that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> And the only way you could be a part of this team is if you have that same philosophy, because my thought is this, we will go all out for our children. We will go all out for their wedding or their birthday or to take them to Disney. So why not go all out for kids in foster care? And so that's just kind of how we roll. And um, we have a thing in our house. We give them our best and we don't sell it for less. So that's kind of how we roll. I love that. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I never felt, um, well, as a foster parent or as a parent of a child who's experienced that and who responds in that way a lot of the time, not all the time, she's getting better, but um, a lot of times it's 
you feel judged. You know what I'm saying? You feel judged when people reach out to you and they do nice things for your kid. And in the moment, your child doesn't seem appreciative. Um, even though if you know my daughter, she, you know, you knew she was, but in those moments, like when your husband came to Chick-fil-A and Jamie just kind of froze up and, you know, she's like, okay, you know, or even at Disney when people try to talk to her and she'd be shy and bashful, I never felt judged. I always felt like you guys never stopped coming up and talking to her because she responded that way, which I think is a really simple and loving gesture for someone, you know, for someone to see, like, even though, you know, I didn't express thanks, or I didn't seem that excited, other people are still excited, they're still excited to talk to me, they still care about me. And that was really, really significant, I think, to her experience overall was you or your children never stopped being excited, talking to her in an excited way, even when she wasn't showing um, her excitement in the moment. And so I think that's really, really important. And that is free for anybody to do. Um, so, Thank yes. You. Awesome. You're so welcome. Well, You're so welcome. I, I think another, you know, part that you guys kind of brought up as we were talking about this with like with the girl that painted the black canvas, you know, and this is something especially for people who want to help but maybe don't have like a ton of experience with kids who have extensive trauma sometimes and i've seen this in my family a lot sometimes the days that are supposed to be the most happy or they're supposed to be you're like we're gonna make this so fun sometimes that can almost be triggering to kids because it's kind of like it highlights the fact that they haven't had that before they kind of know like oh why is this just happening to me now you know or why is this happening with people that aren't my family? Why didn't I have this before? Um, and I, I mean, I know for me as a parent, that's been discouraging sometimes and just kind of sad, like, man, this was supposed to be fun. And instead, like, I mean, I can literally think some of our worst days as a family have been on holidays or days where we tried to have the most fun and it kind of backfires. Right. So right. I think what you did in that moment of just saying, this is for her. And like, if that's where she's at, if today she wants to paint a black canvas, let her, because honestly, that's just as important That's part of the grief process. And it's part of being able to express. And if you I mean, part of why some of our kids are so stuck is because they're pretty much told, just be happy. Just be grateful that somebody wanted to take you to Disney or just be grateful right. that anybody even gave you a party, you know, and that's really suffocating. If you feel like you're not allowed to also express yeah, I'm happy I'm having a party, but I'm also sad because I never had a party before. And, you know, so I think um, that's a really good thing to just be aware of for anybody that's working with these kids is that we we don't really know what all is going on in their minds and what's being brought up by these things. And that's okay. And sometimes some of them expressing that, like even, you know, Jamie having her process, like you said, she's getting better. But she wouldn't have probably been allowed to progress if she wasn't allowed to have those moments where she was unsure and see that people were still there and they didn't reject her. Like, that's all a part of her growth rather than if we were just like, oh, smile, you know what I mean? Or quit being like that if we just tried to shut it down. So, Right. No. And that speaks to you, Christina, as a parent, you know, um, because I do think that sometimes we stifle kids and even... These are my biological children, but, you know, even this whole crisis has helped me take a step back and say, okay, what's, what, what is it that you guys want to do? You know? And so like, so we're not like, I think that so many times we just go, 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 go. And you're like, well, I don't 
really like the the track queen. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you know? And so it yep. helps us take a step back and see what kids really need and what do they really want. And a lot of times they just need to be themselves. They just need to process. They just need to be feel like they're not being judged in that moment. And so that's really great of you, Christina. Um, and that was one of the things that the um, the group home, I got an email that Monday right after the party on Saturday saying that um, the, the kids had so much fun. And one of the particular incidents that stood out to the per- the chaperone was when I was like, just let her be. It's okay. It's okay. Like, and so, you know, it just encourages me, even though I haven't been trained in this field to be sensitive to those, the needs of the kids that we serve in the family. Yes. You learn so much through experience. We have been trained, but that training, I mean, even Patricia, she's a therapist, so she's been highly trained, but our experiences, you know, our experiences have really been what has trained us and what has urged us to seek more information on how to raise our children. Um, And so I, I think what you did was awesome. And I think it speaks volumes that you don't have these children in your home, yet you not only do all these amazing things for them, but you also seek out to try to understand better where they're coming from and how to respond to them. And you're just sensitive with them. And um, that's really important. Um, So before we talk about some of the little things that our listeners can do to just help if they have the heart to, I do not want to downplay your nonprofit organization's success. I mean, this lady, these people, this family, this awesome family, y'all, they've been recognized. How has that been for you guys? How did you get there? What kind of cool things have you experienced? Jordan, what is one of the cool things you've experienced since your nonprofit um, has really, I mean, reached headlines, to be honest? Um, Probably Ellen. Yes, you guys were on Ellen. I am jealous. How was Ellen? Six degrees of separation. We're only one degree away from Ellen. <laughs> Let me only a phone call away. Let me call her for you right now. <laughs> Let me call my I girl would love Ellen. To go on Ellen. We would love to go on Ellen. Tell her about our podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Patricia is so funny. I was like, I'm never getting rid of this phone. Ellen called this phone. I'm never. So my phone broke. My phone broke. It's so crazy. And I was like, but I'm not getting rid of this phone. Someone put it in like a, phone. put it in a shadow box. Yes. <laughs> with a little light, with a little light and then put a little, uh, put a little caption on it. The phone oh, Ellen called on. <laughs> like we have our own little museum in the house. <laughs> that is too cool. What did, what did y'all love about Ellen? So the thing that I love about Ellen, just her heart for being kind. Ellen does not have to agree with you. I don't know if you guys watch the show, but Ellen does Mm -hmm. not have to agree with you to be kind. And that is one Mm -hmm. of the things that I'm trying to teach my kids. People are going to have different preferences. They're not going to have the same religion as us. They're not going to have the same, you know, sexual identity as us. But our job, I feel, especially as a Christian, is to show the love of Jesus. That doesn't mean that I'm condoning your behavior, but it does mean that I am called to a higher standard and to show you love, even if we're different and we don't agree. And I think that's where we get tripped up a lot is because, well, you don't agree with me. You don't look like me. You don't believe like me. And that's the wrong attitude, but she still shows kindness no matter what. And so I love that about Ellen and 
it was such a surreal experience. You know, we were invited to um, the White House in 2016 when President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle were in office. Um, we were recognized for um, some of the work that we do in the community. And, you know, we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to the White House. Like, it doesn't get any better than this. And then <laughs> Ellen called and we were like, <laughs> 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 crazy. <laughs> So, you know, I just tell people that when you have a heart to serve, just go all out. You never know. Like you don't do, you don't give to get, but God just bless our socks off. We are, everyone always says that we're such a blessing to other people. I was like, but God is really good to us. Like, you know, and so we are blessed by helping other people. Like this past year was the first year we took teenagers to Disney and we were really nervous. Um, about the whole experience because we're like, okay, um, we usually take kids between this age range. They're young enough and happy enough to want to go to Disney. And, but the dynamics of the families is what made us take the foster, I mean, the older foster children, the teens. So I think we had, what was it, like five teens this year? We had like five teens this year or something like that. You know, I lost count because we took 30 kids this year. Wow. to Disney. Um, uh, and so we were like super nervous about the teens because they're like, they're going to be bored. They're going to think this is corny. You know, I have a teenager. So that's why I'm like, Jeremiah's going to think he's they're like them, you know? So, uh -huh. but they had the best time. They stayed up super late though. Like, yeah, we, we, like we went to like Epcot and like other, we went to like the other boys went to Hollywood Studios, but we went to Epcot and like we all came back together and we were all like uh, bouncing off the walls and stuff, like uh, raiding my mom's refrigerator. <laughs> it was so <laughs> crazy. They were hyped up. It's like midnight, okay? All the parks are closed. They done went from Magic Kingdom to Hollywood Studios to Epcot. They park hopping and having a great time. And so we had a group for the older kids, like Pastor Jamie and a couple other of our chaperones from church and my husband, they were all, oh yes, Pearly. You remember Pearly, right, Chris? Yes. I want I love Pearly. I want to connect with her. Oh my Patricia. Pearly was one of the chaperones who was also in foster care, but she was older. And I remember I think I mentioned her to you. Like I would love to have her on the podcast one day. She did. Like, Be on the podcast. Yeah, we should do it I'll because I need, her I need you to connect me to her. Yeah, yes. she was awesome i just spoke to her yesterday um and uh one of one of the things that we are trying to do is identify the needs of our kids who are aging out of foster care and they don't have that family support especially during this crisis so it's one thing that we could call our mom or we could call our dad but kids who age out of foster care they don't always have that support system so just trying to be there for them in ways that are creative because obviously we're locked in the house um but to support with their everyday needs um emotionally and um to be responsible in regards to their physical needs and stuff like that um in regards to food and help with rent and that kind of thing so but yes she they were all park hopping and it was crazy but they had so much fun and then the teens this was the highlight of the trip for me at least the teens came back on the last day and said we want to start a champions of change chapter in our various cities because we want other kids to experience the joy that we experienced this weekend and Aww. i was crying i was like like it just touched my heart on so many levels so yeah so Aww. this might be a stupid question but 
how how does this happen? How financially? How do you do this? Because that's what comes into my mind's like, yeah, I want to take kids to Disney, and then I'm like, I'm broke. So like, <laughs> how does this happen? <laughs> Explain. I figured. That's so I'm great. like, how do you do it? <laughs> Thank you, Patricia, for asking that question. It's so crazy because. I really believe that God knows what we need before we need it. And I kid you not, that's why our tagline is Little D's Huge Impact, because God has put his super on our natural and he has blown our mind. So I kid you not, my kids, they do like little fundraisers, like going next door to sell car wash tickets. They sell Krispy Kreme tickets. They do coin drives. Jordan and her dance troops, they have coin drives to raise money um, because we don't have huge funders or we don't write grants and that kind of thing. It's really grassroots the way that we raise money. And because the job that actually pays me, I teach financial literacy. So I'm really good at crunching numbers. I'm really good at counting the cost. I'm really good at getting the best bang for our buck. However, we don't compromise on the experience or the quality. So that's that's like our pet peeve, you know? And so um, we we exhaust all resources, you know? Um, Christina would tell you like, you know, one night for dinner, we were like, I'll eat a pizza hut pizza in the hotel. <laughs> and we're like, you know, we, we didn't have, you know, funds to go and have a sit down dinner with 30 people, but you know. The kids didn't care. Right? I like pizza. The kids didn't care. And I was grateful that they didn't care. Cause I'm like, uh, so like we do, Chick-fil-A will partner with us and provide a breakfast, you know, and we'll get pizzas, you know, we'll pack. But I mean, we're talking airline, airline tickets and Disney, like that's expensive. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, are you, are so, people just donating to you guys? Yes. So people will donate. So we'll do like, I don't, we don't do a lot of advertising on our Champions of Change page, but on my personal Facebook page, we'll ask family and friends to donate. Christina's one of my friends. She's probably seen me out there begging for the kids. We, we do Krispy Kreme, sell Krispy Kreme uh, donut tickets. We go door to door with our friends in the neighborhood, and we ask them if they want um, a dozen of Krispy Kreme Krispy Donuts. Donuts, yes. So it's really grassroots. Hmm. We could not do this work without people supporting us and saying, hey, I believe in your vision and mission. And when we first started Champions of Change, because it wasn't going to be a nonprofit, it was just like, oh, we're going to do a couple nice things. Um, I would not post on my Facebook page. Um, and then someone was like, I was like, no, because we're not doing it for the applause of man. You know, we're doing it because this is the right thing to do and we want to help some people out. And people were like, no, people need receipts. People want to know that you are doing the work and this is where the money is going. And they said, and they will help you get more donations. So, so I post all the time now about, you know, serving and giving because I, A, I want to encourage other people to be givers and B, you know, this is, we couldn't do it without the donations of people like Christina and some of our other former foster parents. And then um, our church um, has sponsored kids to go to Disney. So we, that's how we make it all happen. So our little fundraisers, family, friends, and donors, or some pay, some person will say, "I want to buy, I want to donate a ticket to Disney for one of the children," and that kind of thing. But our church, we give a shout out to Elevation. They are helping us further our mission, and we are so grateful for everyone's support. So are y'all fundraising for like your big events like Disney all year long? So it's so crazy um, that. 
particular Disney trip that you went on, we didn't start fundraising until September um, of that year. Um, so September, and then we left in December. My mom and my grandmother were sick that year, and my mom passed away. And I stayed in bed for like a whole month, and my cousin called me and was like, this is not what your mother will have you to do. You need to get up and dry your tears, girl, and get to moving. I was like, no, we can't do this. And my heart is broken. I just can't move on. And he was like, listen. He was like, I'm going to need you to get up. Yeah, cousin Jason. He was like, you got to get to moving. You have work. You have an assignment from God on your life. Your family has work to do. You can't sit around crying and feeling sorry for yourself. I dried up my tears and I just went to Facebook and I was like, listen, I know this seems almost impossible, but we want to still take some foster kids this year to Disney and maybe we can make it happen for Christmas because we weren't taking them for Christmas prior to the year my mom died. So prior to Mm -hmm. 2018, we would take the kids during the summer break. And um, so I dried up my tears and I was like, okay, God, if we only raise enough money to take two kids, I guess we'll take two. (laughs) So... Um, God blessed us, and we I think there was 22 kids on that trip, was it Christina? Ooh. Yeah, and it Mercy. was God, though. It was God, it was I'm it always you, is, it is every time from the flights to the hotel. I mean, they Marriott worked with us and gave us discounts on the hotel. They said, This is as low as we could go, Olivia. I know that you, and I said, But I really need them to stay at this hotel because I really need them to know what's possible. And so he worked it out and here we had it. (laughs) That is so cool. That is so cool. So what does, um, did, did those kids start a chapter and what does that mean or how does, how does that work? So it's crazy, right? Um, because right now we are in the middle of this crisis and, um, we, uh, so the princess parties, just so that you guys know, for the foster girls this year was expanded to four countries and then the crisis happened. So we're like, okay, what are we going to do now? <laughs> and so, um, we have pivoted a little bit, um, because, um, some of the funds that were allocated, um, for some of those ventures, um, and some of our fundraising efforts have been put on hold. Um, because some of our princess partners, they wanted to move forward because in different countries, this virus looks different. Right. And so we had a team meeting a few weeks ago and I was like, I don't care if you're in Africa, you in America, or you are in Asia right now is not a good time to ask anyone to fund a princess party. Um, people, there's the urgent and then there's the important. So do I think that this work is important? Yes. But right now, what is urgent is our foster kids who are age, who have aged out of foster care, who are trying to figure out how they're going to pay their rent or who were in college and now they have nowhere mm-hmm. to go. And they're now mm-hmm. experiencing homelessness because they got put out of the dorm rooms or they're trying to figure out how they're going to eat three meals a day, you know, in this climate where before they were eating on a meal plan or at work, they had community meals, you know, so. That's what's urgent and important right now. And so, or some of our single foster moms who have nine children um, in their home and they're dealing with trauma, they're dealing with, now their therapies have been put on hold and they are trying to homeschool, they're trying to work. So that's where we have pivoted. 
And that's where our attention has gone to. That's awesome that you kind of addressed the needs of, mm-hmm. yeah, as that, as that has come up. Um, I guess my question would be now is for people who are maybe listening and have been thinking about foster care, or just have a heart for them, but actual fostering is not the right option right now. Um, what are some small ways that they can give to the foster community um, that are easy, maybe not very expensive, but very meaningful? What have you seen to be the biggest sort of help? So I think um, <clears throat> foster care, We a lot of times we just focus on, um, yes, that's a great idea. Jordan said, um, cook a meal, yes. Um, so, so many times we just focus on foster children, right? But foster mm-hmm. children are supported by wonderful parents, foster parents who have set, raised their hand and said, I'm in this to win this. And so mm-hmm. maybe you don't feel called to have a child in your home, but you can support in ways like maybe your home can be a respite home. They can come there. You know, you could go through the training so that you can get certified so that you can be a respite home so that when a parent needs a break, that child could come and spend the weekend with you. You can be a mentor. I know that um, Foster Village and um, CFK, they're always looking for mentors for these kinds of uh, programs and things of that nature. They have those programs. You can make a meal, right? And so our foster parents are there on the front lines. They are working hard. They are dealing with kids with trauma, you know, and sometimes they're dealing with their own stuff as well. Like parenting is hard, period. Even (laughs) when you birth children. Parenting is hard and there's no manual to say this kid is going to be like this kid. So this is what you do. I'm like, all three of my kids are totally different. And I have to learn to adjust my parenting style for each of them. Um, Jordan is a kid. You can tell Jordan something one time. You don't even have to yell at Jordan because she's going to get it and she's going to be apologetic for her actions. My other child, he can get five spankings and he's still not going to get it. (laughs) You know, so it's different. But you can come alongside of that parent and give them a gift card, right? Um, So that they can order. Or you can order pizza for them on a Friday night or something. Say, hey, don't worry about doing dinner Mm -hmm. tonight. I'm going to send a pizza to your house. Um, Jordan Mm -hmm. mentioned you can cook a meal, right? Um, You can make enough for that other family. Um, In this day and age, during this crisis, Everyone's groceries bill is inflated, right? And so, yes, you can give them a gift card uh, to a Walmart or to Instacart or to their favorite grocery store to come alongside of them. Um, One of the other things that we do in another city um, for some of our single foster parents is you can do, if you are a person that's good with kids, um, how about you just go and be mommy's helper, right? That means you go to the house. If the mom, you know, we have prearranged it and she feels safe with you, she can be there in the house. But sometimes the mom just wants to take a shower in peace. She just wants to use the bathroom in peace. She just wants to sit in her room and do nothing for 30 minutes in peace. And so you can go play games with her kids in her living room, Mm -hmm. in the comfort of their home where they feel safe to give that mom or that dad a break and come alongside of them and say, Hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Another thing you could do is you could support social workers. Social workers mm-hmm. and foster care, they have high turnover rates, right? And yes. so yep. they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. 
I'm overworked and underpaid. Okay. So you can treat a social worker to a spa day. Say, I see you. I hear you. And I thank you for what you're doing for the kids in our community. And then you encourage her to go another mile. That's what you do. You know, so sometimes we just focus on the foster child and how we can help the child. But if we support the people who are supporting the children, we are part of the solution and not just part of the people say, oh, that's so sad. Oh, that's right. so sad. You know, and so like um, this week, we've been looking online to order kits. A lot of our kids have um, special needs that we've been serving over the years. And them being locked up in the houses and without their therapies is really difficult in some of our families. So we've been looking at sensory kits and trying to figure out the right kids for the right kid and the right age um, to send to those families to give mom and dad a break to help them know that it's okay and it's going to be okay, you know? And so those are just my two I even think the party idea could be done on a smaller scale, right? Like, right? like if you um, know a foster child... Um, or, you know, you need to reach out to your local agency and say, Hey, I really, I want to do a party for a kid in foster care. Do you have a kid that would really benefit? You could pay for a paint party, or if you know the person, you could even do it at their house. Just bring a cake. You know, it doesn't even have to be extravagant, but I think for a lot of us that are doing this foster care thing, we're in the trenches, especially if you have a lot of kids, it's hard to like throw a nice party and, you, maybe you you know you don't have the resources so if somebody just says hey i'm gonna sponsor the birthday party even, even something like that i think that could be real i've never even really thought about that before but that's a really yeah. fun that you know bring some decorations and clean up afterwards i mean that's the worst part of throwing a party for me cleaning up i love the party I, I want to clean up afterwards so saying i'm gonna clean up too after i throw this party just things like that yeah oh i love it yes you could Jordan, you have um you're really blessed because you have a mommy who is really involved and has a heart for all of this too. And so you guys get to as a family bounce ideas off of each other all the time, which I think is super cool. Um, Jordan, do you have any advice for other kids whose parents may not be super into it? Just some things that other kids can do. If you like see a friend who's like feeling down and they like don't have anybody to uh who to to support them, you can like go sit next to them and comfort them, and like uh, even like say things that will make them happy and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so important, and that's hard for kids to do. Um, well, there's probably foster kids at your school. There, there are in most yeah, schools. Yeah, um, and you might not always, you might not always know, you might not always know because they're not like walking around with a headband, right? I'm in foster care. Um, Hi, I'm in foster care. But yeah, I think that's really great that kids can just be on the lookout, right, for other kids that are hurting. And sometimes if a parent is oblivious, um, a kid could be the one to really start it. Hey, mom, hey, dad, there's this kid at my school. They seem like they're struggling. You know, I'd like to help them. And sometimes a parent seeing a kid care can be the thing that starts can starts to change. So kids are powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm just, Olivia, so impressed with how you raise your children. I'd love to chat some more another time, too, just how you model that so well to your kids. It's not something that happened by chance because all of your kids, like I said, I've seen it in them and I've seen them respond and, and participate and fully participate in the experience. And so I think that it did not happen by chance. Um, and so I just applaud you and your husband and God's work in your life and you just following and listening 
Um, and it in no way benefits your own family and you're, you know, you don't even have foster kids in your home and to be that selfless, to, to have a mission that huge for homeless and foster kids is speaks volumes to how you're seeking and, and living out God's desire for your life. And so I'm just proud of your whole family. And I really, really thank you because you've given my daughter personally some great experiences she would not have gotten to experience otherwise. And I know that's one of her favorite memories. She still wears her her red shirt any day of the week, any year, no Christmas shirt, just any season of the year. And so, um, <laughs> so yeah, she, she, it was a really important experience. And it was a great experience for me as a foster parent. We always talk about community and how important it is. Just meeting other people foster parents from across, you know, from New York and from around here and um, following them and, and talking with them and just feeling validated. It was really cool experience all around. So now if people want to, I want to end with this, if people want to contact you or help with Champions of Change, what do they do? Where do they go? Um, you could go right to our website, www.championsofchangeusa.org. And that website, again, is www.championsofchangeusa.org. Um, and 100% of your donation, if you give from our individual donors, goes directly to the kids and the families that we serve. And so we um, are here. Our contact information is on the website. You can always send me an email if you want to help, if you want to host a party, if you want to sponsor a party, um, if you want to volunteer. Um, there's ways to do that, and we could get you right plugged. We could get you plugged right in, and um, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to share our mission. And thank you and Patricia for being the light um, and doing the work and being on the front lines um, and helping our kids in our community because. We are the body, and so we all serve a different role, but we know that you guys are doing the most, the hardest work. So thank you guys for that. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. It's such a blessing to for me just to hear. You know, sometimes I've been watching too many Netflix depressing documentaries, and sometimes, um, sometimes it can really be discouraging, and sometimes you can really feel like you're alone, kind of. That other people, so many people are just not seeing it you know they're just absorbed in themselves and they're just they just don't see how much pain there is all around us so it just always blesses me to see people um who get it and who are going above and beyond to help other people that gives me courage that i'm not alone and that there is a whole um, army of people out there fighting the good fight so thank you it really blessed me today to meet you and you jordan too so cool um, I know you're just getting started, little one. You're going to do much more, much more for you, Jordan. So thank you, guys. Thank you. And you guys be safe, be healthy. And if there's any way that we can support you guys, let us know.